One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I think blowjobs are a really interesting thing because um, they're not on like my at the top of my menu and it's not something that I would do unless I was really into it because it's not going to be any good. Like unless you are having the time of your life giving I really somebody a like blowjob. Do it. I really like doing it. And like different horse, horses for different courses, right? Yeah. But it's certainly not at the top of my menu and I hate it when someone sort of like is pressuring me into giving that's them the head. worst like if somebody wants fluid. yeah it's it's only sexy when you want to do it and you do it you know on your own when somebody asks it's like mm, I did want to but now I don't I'm your host Natalie Drenovac and this is the modern women a show that seeks to share the stories and experiences of women that may be out of our line of sight The anonymous episodes each season aim to give a variety of women their own platform. Because would you agree that it often feels like the only people who are ever interviewed or given a platform to express an opinion or a point of view are those with some sort of status, whether it be through followers, media presence or being a celebrity? It continues to make me wonder that perhaps the common voice we're hearing is getting skewed and whether these are the only voices and opinions that we should be hearing. The anonymous episodes conjure up a range of powerful and deep conversations with what all in inverted commas say are everyday women covering off themes and issues that impact all of us, more or less. And for today's episode, well, do you ever sit down and talk all things sex, love and relationships with your closest friends? If you don't, I do. All the time. And so it was only going to be a short while until I asked two friends to let me pry in on their sex lives. And I truly am so grateful for the honesty, vulnerability and openness that they shared with me. And of course, now you. For those who haven't subscribed to The Modern Women, be sure to do so now so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and you can get notified for when they go live. And if you love this episode or any others, share it with another modern woman in your life. Thank you both so much for being here. Like I was saying, when I interview my friends, it's always um, more awkward and I get even more nervous. So let's dive into it. So sex, love and relationships. Thanks so much for volunteering to be my test subjects. Volunteering. As well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with your rapid buys. So what's the image of yourself you want to project? Someone interesting. Someone that um, is fluid and can fit into any scenario and is comfortable there. And does that change if you're interacting with women or men? All the time. Is there any? Is, yeah, <laughs> is there any explanation to that? Um, I'm just far more comfortable around women. I feel like I understand the dynamics. I can settle into it. I know the limitations and the parameters of that relationship. Whereas with men... Uh, I tend to get wrapped up in, um, I just get really uncomfortable far easier than I ever would with a woman. And what about for you? 
I would say confidence and intelligence. And I don't think it really changes when I'm interacting with men versus women. Sometimes I feel less confident actually speaking with women because uh, I feel like I look up to women a lot more than I do to men. And sometimes, like most of the time, I care more about what women think about me than what men think about me. So, yeah. Who do you dress for? Myself. I would say, if I'm honestly, I dress for women. I, I get ready every day thinking, oh, will the girls at work think this is cute? Or, you know, will they ask me where my outfit's from? Or will they, yeah, will they comment? So I would say I dress more for women than men. Uh, you can only choose one descriptor about yourself. Which word would you use? Awkward. I would say fiery. And I know that it's not portrayed now because I'm talking really calmly and it's just because I'm nervous, but definitely fiery. I would agree with that. <laughs> um, last orgasm you had? July 15th, 6 p.m. No, I'm joking. Um, it would have been July though. Really? Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll unpack that in a second. Um, it was Sunday. I don't, I'm not, I don't know what day that is, but Sunday. Okay, I love that. I love that it wasn't like, here's what was happening. You're both like, here was the time and of reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I said to you, with these with this subject matter, um, I want it to be free and open and, of course, a bit more of a conversation as opposed to an interview because I don't want to feel like if there's a question you have for me that you can't pry into my life considering I'll be asking you to share and divulge your own personal details, although I'm sure Lisa won't be too happy about that. When was your last orgasm? Uh, yesterday. Everyone's nodding in the head. Thank you so much for your <laughs> approval, ladies. <laughs> um, okay, but before we dive into like sex and all that good banter, I did want to actually kick off with the idea of, um, would you say that you respect yourself more at work versus when you're with a lover? In relation to, I guess the question is, um, when, do you, when do you justify bad behavior? Like, is it when you're at work and you won't tolerate that? Or is it that you don't do that with your lover or partner? Oh, it genuinely depends on the different relationships that I've had. I think that as I'm getting older, I'm tolerating less in both work and in my personal relationships, but that's just purely from learning, learning um, from probably hurt and from being like taken advantage of in both scenarios. I would say that I don't tolerate a lot in a relationship I'm pretty straightforward and I always say what I want and what I like and I'm pretty transparent in that way in terms of work I feel like I I'm less likely to stand up for myself or defend myself when I have too much work on or I, I feel like I need help um, I like to portray some sort of image that you know, I can do everything and I can do it all. Do you ever get personally embarrassed if a man or a woman treats you badly, like at work, in a work environment? Embarrassed? Yeah, like, you know, sometimes as you were saying at work, you may tolerate bad behavior a bit more. Like, do you feel that sense of embarrassment or is it just? I would feel more 
ang- like upset about it, I wouldn't, I don't, I can't say that I would, I've ever felt embarrassed. You know, the really interesting thing is in a work scenario, I would feel like I'm embarrassed for them. But in a personal relationship, I would be embarrassed because um, you've chosen that person. Yeah, I've chosen that person. Yeah. So how do you justify their bad behavior to yourself? Well, I don't anymore, but um, previously I would make up excuses. Really? Isn't that interesting, the lies we tell ourselves when the people that we love are treating us horribly? Well, it's not only just the lies, right? You, you let, Let's say somebody is treating you badly, then you justify it because, oh, well, they open the door for me or they cook dinner every night. So, you know, I should, they tolerate, ha- it. I should tolerate them or, you know, my friend's relationship is way worse. So I actually have it pretty good. Yeah, comparison is evil though, Mm. for sure. Definitely. Mm. I want to ask you, when are you most yourself? At home, alone, and I know I've got the apartment to myself for like a week and I'm just doing my own thing. Like I'm naked, hanging out the washing, having a shower. That's the most me. I would say when I'm around my family. Yeah. I would say when I'm around Lisa, I'm most myself. Yes. Even when I'm by myself sometimes, I'm like, oh, I I need that energy of when she's around me. And then all of a sudden there are like aspects of myself that I'm like, oh, yeah, here they are. Exactly. And sometimes when I'm alone, I feel like I need to do things to justify the time, you know, just, I don't know, like, oh, maybe I should read that book that I don't even really want to read or I don't know. When I used to live with my parents, I used to pretend like I was busy when I was just at home wanting to do nothing. <laughs> Whereas like when you become an adult and you have your own home, you're like, no one's here watching me. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So if you could take one trait from a man and completely encapsulate it, what would that be, if anything? Or even another woman. That's easy for me. I would say how easily they orgasm. Or, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I was thinking about that recently because it is so much harder for me personally and and women in general, like from the conversations that I've had with my friends, um, if I was going to emulate one thing from a man, it would be just that they have a little bit more of ease, like they're a little bit more carefree in their friendships. Um, and maybe that's a bad thing because maybe they're not as sensitive and, um, you know, um, empathetic, but I would like a little bit more ease in my life. So, yeah. I find that um, female friendships, you don't stop being friends, you like break up. There's a moment if you, yeah. if, if a man, generally speaking, if a man says, oh, you know, I haven't spoken to Tim in ages. Oh, he's just been busy. Whereas a woman is like, here is why we are not talking because X, Y, Z happened. Like it's quite a breakup. It's mm-hmm. a very emotional experience. Um, okay. So when you look at the woman you were in your early twenties, what are the biggest changes and differences you've noticed in yourself? Um, I'm far, I'm far less, I'm less critical and more critical in some ways. I think that um, I get, uh, when, when I was younger, life tended to feel a little bit overwhelming at times. And now I have coping mechanisms that I've learned um, that allow me to be, you know, a little bit more grounded at times and take a step back and and process things and move through the day eat with more ease than before um so i'm 
But then in saying that, like I also can be really harsh on myself and feel like life is flying by and, you know, I should be working harder and I should put more effort into my friendships. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the right answer or the wrong answer. I think it's your answer. I'm different, but I'm still the same. (laughs) I feel like in my early 20s, I was a lot more anxious about the future or I had certain expectations about where I needed to be at certain times of my life. And, you know, I remember when I turned 26, um, I had a mini breakdown or meltdown because I thought, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to have a house by now, or I thought I was going to be married or, you know, I don't know. I I thought I was going to have this amazing career by that time. And things just weren't playing out that way I was in the middle of my master's I was broke I was living in like this shitty apartment and I feel now that I'm I have a lot more peace and I've accepted that this is that I'm this is my life and I'm happy and I don't need to be married or to have kids and yeah so I I think I'm definitely a lot less anxious now or you know I I'm not setting unrealistic expectations of myself. It's kind of interesting how we feel we need to conquer the world by 30. Exactly. (laughs) Like what is it about that number that people are like, hey, this is what needs to be achieved and like my 30th is coming up. And I just think, yeah, sure, shit. There's heaps of things that I wish I could have, like I could tick off a box and say I wish I had that. But at the same time, I'm like, I have so much time left in my life. Like, what was the pressure all about and what a waste? Yeah, 30s are actually, the, I mean, I'm not 30 yet, but when I turn 30, um, it's just you have a lot more disposable income. You can, you know, you're a lot more grown up. You you kind of know yourself a lot more than you did in your early 20s. And I think it's exciting. I'm excited to turn 30. And yeah. Yeah, I have also haven't turned 30 yet, but. I think all of us young gals (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that if you look back at other points in your life like graduating high school and turning 21 and then hitting 25 and maybe 26 was your number and then the lead up to 30 yeah I've had some anxiety around uh, have I done enough Um, comparing myself again like comparison is evil but um, I've now experienced those really big lead ups to something that's meant to be such a societal milestone. And I know that on the other side, life really isn't that different. And if you put less, less pressure on yourself and had been less anxious, you might have enjoyed it more. So I'm trying to sit in that as much as I can. It's interesting because I actually have quite a a large number of listeners who are 35 to 40 and they're going to be listening to this, I know for sure, and just be rolling their eyes and being like, shut up. What are you talking about? I think another part of that anxiety also comes, or the unknown, ever, you know, when you're in high school, you know that next year, you know, you're going to, then the following year, you're going to go to college. And then after that, you're going to get your grad job. And then after that, you get your master's. And then when you graduate from your master's, you're like, well, what do I, what's my next, what do I do next? Like, it's kind of, yeah, there's no, there's no more, there's not a plan in place. You just kind of have to figure figure your shit out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like fuck being an adult sometimes. Right. (laughs) Um, all right. So let's jump into a bit of sexuality. And so I find that in this day and age, uh, understanding and interpretations of sexuality versus gender, straight versus fluid. I mean, I'm sure 
for sure that we are going to say something that is probably not politically correct or not in the right terminology just because there is such a variety and as there should be of respecting people and their sexuality. Um, But I want to know to kick us off, how would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10? One being absolutely not um, straight as a straight as a line, et cetera. Three being, Hey, I'd kiss a girl at a party if I was drunk or 10 being, Hey, I'd make out with a girl and sleep with them. And whichever number you are, why or why not? I would say that I'm definitely closer to a 10. Yep. On that scale. Um, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I'm not gay. I'm not, I'm not a lesbian. I'm not straight. I'm just, I like men and I like women and yeah. So how do you feel when people then say, oh, so you're bisexual? Well, honestly, I don't really care what people say to me. It doesn't, I'm not bothered by people labeling me because what does that even mean? I, what does it mean when a stranger or somebody else says, oh, so you're straight or you're gay or you're this or you're that, you know, okay. It does like to me, a label doesn't mean anything. It's not, I, I would never get offended. I would never be offended by something like that. I don't have a number for you because I don't know what scale we're talking about. <laughs> what's, the, what's the extreme end? But I will describe <laughs> where I'm at. Um, I find men and women attractive. Um, I've never been. I've never pursued my attraction to women because I. It's not sexual. I don't believe. Um, I mean, maybe that will change in the future. I think that women are beautiful, um, and I love their. Uh, I love the way that they are in themselves and I love their mannerisms and I, and I love their self-expression through clothing and makeup and hair. I think that's awesome, but I don't want to sleep with them. Um, and I am attracted to all of the opposite things in, in men. Um, I think that they're like, they're just, they're everything that, that, that I'm not, I'm attracted to. I like how bigger, how much bigger they are than me. Um, which is really bizarre. I've got to probably unpack that at some point. Um, I like that they, uh, again, I'll go back to they're just much more at ease in themselves. They tend to be sort of just a little bit more relaxed and carefree. Um, But that doesn't stop me from telling a woman that she's really attractive. Uh, I'd be more than happy to say that. And some people get really creeped out by that. I don't know why. I feel like... I'm obviously not Australian, if you can tell by my accent, but I feel like people in the States are a lot more um, open to receiving and giving compliments. Mm. Um, In the States, it's so normal. I'm from California, by the way. Um, In the States, it's so normal for someone to come up to you and say that they think you're beautiful or they think you're really attractive. And it's not, you don't take it in any way any you know you're not offended you're not like oh this person's trying to come on to me it's just a comment and I feel here it very rarely happens and when people do get those kinds of compliments they they kind of they think the other person's weird or that's never happened to them before or yeah or they're flirting with them and you want to have sex with exactly exactly it's it's yeah it's I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing um yeah, it's just, I found that very strange when I moved here. 
Um, I, the reason I asked is because I wanted to unpack the notion that two women making out is hot and sexy, but when you ask the same question of would you watch two guys make out, so many people get perverse by that. And it wasn't until someone raised the point to me about actually how beautiful that was and for why, and I'll, I'll perhaps explain that afterwards. But I never quite understand why for women it's acceptable to make out with your friends, to say you're attracted to a woman, whereas if I was having this conversation with two men, they'd both be like, absolutely not, no way, I'm not gay, and they immediately go to labeling themselves. It depends mm. which country you're in. And I think so it's changing. It, I think so too. Mm. In I was recently in Sweden and I was out with one of my girlfriends and her fiance and we were dancing on you know on the dance floor and I turned around and her fiance was making out with another guy and I turned to her and I was like oh my god look <laughs> you know I couldn't believe it I was so shocked and she just looked and she was like oh yeah whatever they're friends and then kept dancing and I was like oh my god he must be gay you know I've I've labeled him and and you know he's he's not but it sexual you know sexuality is a lot more I don't know it's not defined there or it's not as there aren't strict rules around that yeah. so I think something that's been happening recently is often especially when someone finds out that I'm um, married to a woman, they'll always ask me about have I made out with a man or slept with a man as if, you know, just waiting for that perfect man. <laughs> um, and then now I always throw it back and I always say, well, have you? And I actually find that when I'm speaking to someone generally in like their 40s to like in that range, that a lot of them are like, oh, you know, when I was younger, I actually like used to make out with my mate in high school or we gave each other hand jobs or some have mm. even said they gave each other um, blowjobs. And I just find that so interesting how it's not a commonly spoken about thing as if like both of you could walk out of here and say, yeah, I slept with my best friend and people would be like, that's cool, that's hot. Whereas for guys, as much as I do think it's being more accepted, I find that it generationally has happened for so long, but no one talks about it in the same way because of the connotations that are come around that. And I think that might be because of their age. Um, I have a girlfriend at work who's dating a much younger guy. She's in her 40s and she's dating a 22-year-old guy. And she asked me for some advice. She said, you know, I'm dating this younger guy. And he told me last night that him and his uh friend give each other blowjobs sometimes is that normal should I be worried and I was like oh fuck I don't know <laughs> like I have no idea <laughs> I don't think it's about the age in that one I feel yeah. like I feel like if anyone of my girlfriends my age came up to me and said the guy I'm dating is giving his friend a blowjob I'd be like I don't really know how to answer that <laughs> but so you're in a relationship and what would you do if your boyfriend said hey I'm giving someone so a blowjob or I want to oh I don't like it I, I want to be the person to be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Because, like, I could hook up with a girl too. But, see, there's fuck. a stigma. There is a stigma. And, I, I honestly, I would not be okay with it. Maybe it's, like, the boundaries that you put. I'm not in relationship, but I believe in the boundaries that you put in place <clears throat> and the communication that you have um, up front is would help you answer that question. So if you were like, kissing to me is not cheating, but other sexual acts are, then that would help you answer that. You could be like, well, that's a change in our relationship dynamic. We need to revisit it and have a conversation about why you want to do that. Because when we had this conversation, 
when we started this relationship, we had set sort of pretty clear boundaries on what we wouldn't wouldn't do. I don't know what your relation, yeah. how your relationship stands, if it's open or not. I, if I hooked up with another girl, I wouldn't feel like I was cheating. But if if he hooked up with another guy, I would feel like it was cheating, and I know that's horrible. But that's yeah. I or I would feel like he was gay. See, this is why I've mm-hmm. been itching actually to have a conversation about sex because I find the subjects so enthralling and like you're both very good friends of mine and at some point I'm sure we've been talking about bread and I start talking about sex. <laughs> and I find it really interesting because of how much grey area there is and your own story and your own narrative that you've given yourself and whether or not you've gone out to explore something else or learnt a new thing that all of a sudden your whole paradigm around sex, sexuality, relationships, love can completely change in a hot minute. Yeah, I'll have to say that. um, So I come from a really big family and my my mom's side in particular are quite conservative and old school. Um, and I don't know if part of maybe just a small part of wanting to explore, um, as in your own sexuality or yeah, yeah. Explore my own sexuality is kind of like a rebellion to that because I, I hate how, how, um, old school they are and, and how conservative they are. And I feel like I don't. I want to be the opposite of that. And if what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is trying and doing all of these things, you know? Um, yeah. Would you say you're super experimental or would you say you're pretty conservative or? Oh, I would say fairly conservative after, <laughs> after hearing about <laughs> this 40 year old woman's 22 year old partner. Um, yeah. Like, I, uh, conservative in terms of social norms I wouldn't say my sex is beige but like I think that I'm not sitting here like saying that I've explored my sexuality beyond what I believe it is which do you is get bored easily in your sex life mm. not re- well no because I'm never with someone long enough <laughs> um not really if I did, I think I would probably try and branch out. Yeah. Because it means so much to me. What's like, the longest you've been with someone for? I had a, a long-term relationship um, for like nearing on five years and the relationship ended for a multitude of reasons, um, but there was no sex in it at the end. So yeah, like I was bored in it then, but it just meant that it needed to end. When did you both realize that you were first sexualized? Like, you know, when you're younger, like I know for me, I got breasts, big breasts at a very young age. And I started to realize then actually, oh, okay, this is the feeling. And so when for both of you? I, I developed quite late. Um, <laughs> I'm still not there. <laughs> no, but that, um, I was probably... I was probably 17 when I got my period. Wow. Yeah, I was old. I um, All of my friends had their periods. And I had my I, period at 11. That's fucked up. <laughs> I, I was an athlete, so I was like, I never 
yeah, my my body fat supposedly was too low to get my period. That's what the so doctor now said. I'm fat, and <laughs> I got my period too early. Thank no, you. No, but seriously, I was concerned. I went to the doctor. I was like, "Mom, all the girls in school have their period," and this was like, you know, at fifteen. And I uh, went to the doctor and they were like, yeah, don't worry. It's just because you're swimming so much. But um, yeah, I got it super late. Um, so I probably didn't feel that way or feel sexualized until I was in high school, like late. Was, like, it, was maybe it girls or boys who first made you realize? Boys. Yeah. For you? I think I sexualized myself. I think I hit an age and I was like, oh, I'm beco- I've become a woman. And I answered the question before in rapid fire when I said I dress for myself. Um, and there are absolutely days where I'm wearing something like that I don't believe I've put on for anyone else other than for me. But there are other events or times in my life where I've definitely subconsciously dressed for attention um, and for male attention. And I think that I definitely sexualized myself. I, I got to the point where I was like, I want to feel something and I want it. And I was exploring that. And so I started, you know, like wearing makeup and flirting and just experimenting. Yeah. When did you feel free to not answer this if you'd not like to, um, what age were you when you started masturbating? I was young. I was like, um, late bloomer on the period, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't realize that I was masturbating, but I knew that it felt good. And, and I, I can't even say how, how young I was. Cause I don't remember, but like younger than 10 or like 13, like younger than 10. Yeah. That's interesting. Like not full masturbating, but definitely like Feeling. playing with my clit. Yeah. Yeah. And for you? This is going to blow everybody out of the water considering I'm in a podcast about sex. Um, I don't. At all. At all. Um, Ever. Like you've never You've never once. tried it? I've tried it. Oh, um, yeah. And I would happily participate in like masturbation in while I was having a sexual interaction with someone. Um, but I don't do it by myself. I can't explain it. I don't find myself – I just – my mindset isn't there. I, it's very weird. This is like a really random fact. Not a fact, but I get so fucking horny when I'm writing a paper. So in college, I was like masturbating like all the time. <laughs> like, I'd write like two lines and then I'd have to masturbate and then like come back and like write ha- wow, another half a so page. Wow, this is so good. Yes. Yeah. I am so yeah. good right now. <laughs> no, but it wasn't even about that. It was more about frustration. Like when I'm frustrated, I need to like release, release it. I'm like right. masturbating was like so much better than like going out for a run or something, you know? So I was like, yeah, when I'm writing a paper, I'm super horny. I actually, one of the girls that I was with in high school, um, I remember when we st- first started fooling around and I don't even know how the conversation came up, nor do I know the point of this exact story outside of when I first said to her, well, how do you masturbate? And she was like, I've never masturbated. And she was at this age, 16 or 17. And that to me was quite mind blowing. Like she'd never touched herself. And I, I don't mean it in this way, like, oh, sexualization or anything like that. More just like exploration to understand your own body mm. to then help 
convey that to someone else and kind of like how, yeah, you know, like if someone said, well, how do you like it? And you're like, I don't know. So like oh, how I know. <laughs> I know because I've, tr- I've been there. Like I've, I've definitely did all of that when I, when I told, told you before that I sexualized myself, like, yeah, I've like, pl- like fooled around and figured out what I liked, but it's not something that I've continued on with because it, it just, it's not for me. That's fair. Yeah. I don't think, I, I feel like that's the, that's the common thread. Like if you talked about it enough, you'd realize not everyone masturbates. Yeah. Generally speaking. Um, did you have any big transitions or was anything difficult about when you had that moment where you were like, I'm no longer a girl, I'm a woman? Like, does anything stick out to you when you kind of are like, oh, hold on, I'm actually like getting old here. I'm no longer a child. I. Yeah, I started um, feeling very uncomfortable in my um, male relation, my close male relationships. So I would, I was like, I'm going to distance myself. I don't know why, but I would get very um, worried about my grandpa and my dad and like, you know, teachers and in retrospect, I do know why my my good friend, um, when I was really young in primary school, um, was um, sexually abused by somebody in a position that he shouldn't have done that to her. And I think that that sort of that ended up confusing me as I was going through that transition. So I was like, I'm attracted to men, but I'm also really scared of them. And it's, it did affect some of my relationships, but then I overcame that. Like you sort of grow up and realize that, that not all men in positions of power will take advantage of you. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly right. To be fair, I actually have a, um, I've never had any bad relationships with men or anything like that. Um, And I've always been around, mostly speaking really wonderful men but I do have that moment where I don't I have a certain fear around men's size and that they can overpower me and then you hear all these shocking stories and the sheer amount of friends of mine who've had sexual assault happen and it actually unnerves me that there is a part of me which is like oh I feel a lot safer because I'm gay Uh, moving on so I wanted to know, uh, considering we're diving into virginity and masturbation and all the rest of it, um, losing your virginity, who'd like to get started? I can go first. Sure. Um, like, was it good? Was it bad? It was good, I think. It was good. Um, <laughs> we're kind of analyzing it I as think, we're going. I think for no, no, it was, it was good, but I, I was actually really old when I lost my virginity. Not really old, but like... When I speak to people and I tell them when I lost my virginity, they're like, whoa, are you serious? How old were you? I was 21. I understand why people may make that comment. Yeah. What is it? Why is it that? I mean, generally speaking, growing up in America, I find that it's like 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. And I felt that the reason why I lost it so late was because in my culture, it's it's kind of frowned upon to have sex before you get married, right? And so I, maybe I felt ashamed to have sex before. And then I got to college and I was like, fuck it. Party. <laughs> yeah. And for you? I'm going to be really honest and I don't, I, I have to, have shared half of this story with Nat, but I also lost my virginity really late. Um, and I lost my virginity in a way that I um, didn't have 
I had no control and I had no say in the matter and it was um, something that was re- it was really t- it was really tough um, and that's something that I ha- have overcome in my life and I'm feeling I feel really confident about it now and so I would say that and then I then I ended up meeting someone and and fell in love and so when people generally ask me that question with a year later so 20 and then 21 I would say I lost my virginity to my first boyfriend but it's not the truth right is that because you prefer to um, choose that memory absolutely and also it's often easier to swallow from someone hearing it yeah okay and despite the fact that that relationship ended really poorly he was really wonderful about it and so there was just this so you um, shared you shared it with him what had previously happened yeah i i did because it was like bizarre um to be 21 and to be not only incredibly inexperienced but now petrified and so i i had to share it I felt I did anyway. What would you both, if you had a daughter, um, tell her that you wish someone had have told you? Well, growing up in my house, sex was never talked about at all. Um, so it, when or if I have a daughter, I just want to make sure that she's comfortable coming to me for anything. I never felt comfortable going to my parents you know, if anything bad happened or if anything wrong happened in my sex life, um, because it was kind of like a taboo. We weren't, you know, I remember when I was like 26 and my mom was like thinking I was still a virgin. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. So I would, I would just want to make it a really nice and safe environment for her to be open with me and to let me, um, be there for her. Do you think parents make it uncomfortable because they don't know how to talk about it or is it meant to be a taboo topic well like I said I think it's it's just a taboo in my culture you know Hispanic culture it's so funny that you say that because I actually thought that Hispanic culture would have been a bit more liberal around well it depends like Mm -hmm. the Catholic Hispanics are not so liberal Catholics in general. I like, in to, general, say, hey, I like yeah. to say I'm a good Catholic girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same. I was also raised Catholic. I think that my answer would be, um, as a parent, I really don't want to put an age limit on, like I want my children to know that losing their virginity at 21, in your example, and mine too, is not weird. And that's totally okay. It's for when you feel comfortable. And I also want them to know that like losing their virginity at 14 if so, or whatever the age is that 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 happens that's okay as well as long as they come to me and they're conscious that it's the right time for them rather than just trying to hit a t- hit an age or just get it over and done with I don't want them to do that like, I want oh them I'm to feel 17 I need to have sex already yeah, or, yeah. Uh, I always have a really funny moment with that because when people ask me I'm like oh well do you mean with a woman or with a man <laughs> And it depends on how someone classifies losing your losing their virginity within that kind of conversation. Because obviously with a woman, it happened so much earlier. And then with a man, it was when I was, I don't know, 17. And I do remember I'd had a previously long-term boyfriend before the guy I'd lost my virginity to. And I remember thinking if I had have lost it to the first boyfriend, it would have been this huge, bloody kerfuffle at school. It would have been a huge deal. Whereas like when it happened with the uh, other guy... 
it was just so easy and simple and we didn't talk about it and it wasn't a, like a you know what you know like in high school it's like a really big deal like mm. so and so lost their virginity and sex just becomes this huge catastrophe um yeah anyway it's like getting a driver's license on the first time like <laughs> yeah you know there was so much pressure around that and there's That's so much pressure I mean, around pressure. your hsc or your op or whatever it is so much pressure to have sex yeah it's and so you silly. look back and you just think fuck i wish i had have had those pressures now versus the ones i have you know um okay so then what about one night stands uh let's start if either of you have perhaps either a funny story or an anecdote mm-hmm. about either a good or a bad or both I think my funniest one night stand wasn't, didn't actually follow through. Um, I was traveling and I was probably 23 or something. And I was hooking up with this guy from Sweden and we went down to the beach and we were making out and things were heating up. And I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to have sex with you because I'm horny and whatever. So and I don't have my paper to write anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I put my hand down his down his pants and um, he had a very small penis. It was like, I'm not even joking, it was tiny. Like, picture putting your hand around your pinky. Like, that's what it felt like. And I actually had to say, I'm really sorry, your your penis is just too small. I I can't, like, and then I just, I just left. How did so you that's take probably, that? I was like, that's, you know, everyone, like, you would know that that would be so damaging. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, I actually feel really bad about about that. But, um, you know, I wasn't going to, I didn't know him and I was never going to see him again. And I didn't feel like I needed to justify yeah, yourself. Yeah, and I was probably, like, a little bit drunk. And I was just like, oh, no fucking way. I can't do this. <laughs> this is not going to happen. A friend of mine had a really similar situation. I would pedestal her in terms of not only her experimentation, but her level of openness about the sex that she's had and her sexuality and also her relationship with her family about it. Um, she's, you know, really out there and, like, really open. She openly describes having sex with a guy and um, he was going down on her and then she was like looking to reciprocate and she was literally like, I couldn't put my no finger and thumb, my forefinger <laughs> and thumb around it. Like it was outrageous. And, but she was sort of there and she was like, you know, he has a talent and he had clearly worked hard with, um, you know, negotiating his tongue around like quite a tricky area. And so we had, we continued to have sex, but we, that there was never ever going to be any penetration from him. Like it was just, and he was very well aware with of that. And you know, we overcame it together. They didn't have sex again, but actually, he's clearly figured out a way to navigate it. The an opposite story. When I was in high school, I had a boyfriend for maybe like two years, and I thought I was going to lose my virginity to him. He was really nice. He's so sweet. Anyway. He literally had the biggest penis I've ever seen still to this day. And I literally was like, sorry, that's not going to fit. Like, I just could not do it. I could not go through with it. It was massive. Like, yeah, it was so big. So Problems on either end of the scale. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was like, literally, you're going to really hurt me. So no. I, I had a friend who um, she predominantly slept with men and then the first time she ever slept with a woman, she was gobsmacked because she didn't realize that women's vaginas were all different. 
<laughs> she thought they all looked the same. And I thought, why would you have ever thought We're that? We're all Barbies. But I guess if you don't ever see anything, you'll never know. You know, like if you've never seen a micropenis, I personally didn't really know slash believe they existed until Lisa actually showed me pictures and was like, no, micropenises are a thing. And she explained, of course, the scientific mm. way and blah, 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 and why it happens and stuff. Why does it happen? Oh, I'm not going to even pretend to get into an explanation of it on a recorded podcast and pretend like I know. <laughs> but is it ge- genetic? We'll Google afterwards together. Okay. okay? Good idea. Amazing. Um, okay. So leading on from that, and the reason I wanted to ask about one night stands is because I'm curious about if you're honest in bed and I find that there is a very different conversation that happens around one night stands versus, you know, your relationship per se. So would you say that you're honest in bed when you're having sex with everyone or... I would say that I'm, funnily enough, I would say that I'm less honest for like having a one night stand. I would, I'm less comfortable, even though I shouldn't even care. Like, you know, it's you're the reason you're there is for like to pleasure the both, you know, both people. But I feel like I'm a lot more honest about what I want when I'm in a relationship. Yeah, I think what... Uh, not having that many one night stands, but the first time that you have sex with someone, it tends to be quite exploratory. Um, And if that didn't quite work out or you think that there are other ways that you could have navigated it, that's when I start being more honest and vocal. Um, And I always, if I believe that, um, or if I'm in a relationship or if it's sort of something that's happening more regularly, I'll always ask them, what are you looking for? Because I want to tell you what I'm looking for. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also boundaries right you don't know somebody's boundaries when you met them for the first time or if you go home with them for the first time and when you're in a relationship you you get to know what those boundaries are well that was something I was going to um, ask about in regards to I feel like the me too era has certainly raised a lot of um, conversation around consent and boundaries and like on a completely different end of the scale, um, you know, for example, with BDSM, they have quite, here is my menu. Here is what I like. Here are the things I'm interested in. Like, have you noticed that there's been a actual social or cultural change with the men you're sleeping with ever since all of this no. has occurred? And I haven't. Has there been anything where you're like, fuck, you think you would have woken up to actually treating women correctly because of it? Like on the on both ends? No, I always find men will try and push the consent boundary for sure. Do you like, have any examples? Uh, yeah, no, no means no. Um, and also like I can then explain it to you in 50 different ways. Like I have my period, I'm not having sex with you. I'm not interested, I'm not having sex with you. Like I don't feel like I should have to do that, but – when people are pushing consent, then I'm trying to justify, you know, justify it and then I just get frustrated and leave. I just think it's like I, – I think it's a bullying approach to have sex with someone who clearly isn't con- in the capacity to consent at the time. Honestly, no. Not in – especially not in the work space, what which is interesting. Like I work in an industry that's predominantly men and – I still feel that a lot of men say things or um, maybe hint at things that are completely unacceptable, and it's crazy that they're not—they're not actually scared to lose their jobs. You know, um, for example, uh, I work with a lot of project directors, and a lot of them are men, and they sometimes make comments about you know what I'm wearing or you know if I want to go out 
later on for a drink or things like that and it's just completely unacceptable and yeah that happens to me all the time too I don't understand it like I think it's that they don't have a fear that they're going to lose their job like I get comments about oh you've changed your look are you dating someone new like that's so inappropriate from a superior at work or um you know we've worked so hard together let's go out and have a drink one of these nights that we're both staying back late and I'm like that's no, I'm That's so creepy. I've never had that. Happen I even to me. I even had once. I had so we get like trays at work where we keep our laptops and all of these things. And I had tampons in there, and one of the project directors came down and was like, "Oh my god, how many tampons do you need?" And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? That's so inappropriate!" Like, so what did you say back to that? Because you, as you've shared in the beginning, you are very fiery. That I feel yeah. like anyone else would have been. Yeah, but the thing, I I am super fiery, but when it like I, I can't be that aggressive to someone that's that high up in my company I don't feel comfortable see and that's the whole problem mm-hmm. it's the idea about there's power our, it, and it's our fear of we'll lose our jobs mm-hmm. for their poor behavior exactly yeah. I will share a terrible story which I um have like sort of suppressed I was a grad um and I was really excited about this grad position and um, I had worked my butt off, like slept underneath my desk and it came to Christmas time and it was an agency of like 400 people. And in the agency, there was this big glass staircase that sort of bridged two levels. And there were a bunch of guys and girls that were on this thread and it was called Snatchwatch. And essentially every time the email would go around, people would go and stand underneath the staircase and look up girls' skirts And for Christmas, we did a secret Santa and I was like taking it quite seriously and, you know, overspent and got something really thoughtful because that's what I believe gifts should be. Um, They should be, you know, well thought through. Anyway, my secret Santa was um, delivered to me and it was XOXO Snatchwatch Santa and it was a pair of underwear. And I had to open it as a grad in front of 400 people and... Just like this, I was just so upset, but also trying to control how upset I was because I didn't want anyone to know that they had hurt me. And that annoyed me in itself because I was like, this is clearly overstepping the mark. And I I know who gave them to me. Um, and I didn't feel like I could say anything about it. And in fact, people came up to me afterwards and they were like, oh, you seemed really upset about that. And I was like, well, yeah, it was really embarrassing. And they were like, it was just a joke. Let it go. And I was then put down to a point where I didn't feel like I had a voice to be able to make a complaint about that. Um, and it has sort of carried, it's carried through because now I think, Everywhere I go, someone's trying to look up my skirt and make a joke about what I'm wearing. You know, like it's, I don't know, it's just really, it has affected me. And it it annoyed me at the time that that even happened. So if that happened today, what would you say? If I was the age that it happened at? No, like if that same scenario happened today, having learnt that experience and you have Kris Kringle coming up, and someone does just as much of an inappropriate gift, what would your response be? Really, really different. And I would take a massive stance over it, about it. But I'm also at a different age. If I was the 22-year-old girl, I would have had the same reaction because I wouldn't have known how to express myself and I would have been quiet about it. And 
I didn't think that I had the authority to stand up for myself and I still don't think that my reaction would have changed. Now at this age, if I had seen that happen to a young 22-year-old girl, well, like you would suffer the wrath of, you know, my interpretation of that gift, which I think is clearly inappropriate. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. I have to say though, this is kind of, I don't know, this is probably a bad thing for me to say, but I have used it to my advantage in some like some circumstances. Um, for example, when I was in college, I knew that my professor had like a crush on me, right? And I was failing chemistry. I mean, no, it was calculus three so badly. And I was like, I'm definitely not going to pass. My parents are going to kill me, all this stuff. Anyway, so... And I needed like a certain grade to be able to go abroad or on exchange. So I was like, I definitely need this. Anyway, so we had our exams. And then one afternoon, like maybe two days later, I rode my bike over to his office and, <laughs> um, you know, went up and not, nothing happened. But, you know, I I wore like a cute outfit and we and I sat there and chatted to him for ages and I was like, hey, look, like I really, I really need this grade. I want to go to Australia next year. What, like, what can we do? And he was like, well, we, you just took the final exam. There's like not really anything you can do, but, you know, and then he like changed a few things on his system, made it seem like I, I wasn't tardy to anything and came to every single lecture and kind of um, gave me a passing grade for nothing. Like I just like sat there and kind of flirted with him for like an hour and a half and then got the grade and then I left and I was like felt okay with it and actually still to this day I'm like I don't feel that bad about it and maybe I should but I have I don't have a I mean I certainly didn't flirt with anyone but I remember when I was in high school that we had this three-part geography assignment and um, I'd done really well in the first two parts and then because we had laptops at school in the third part I never fucking did it and I remember he was like, hey, where's that thing? And I was like, I emailed it to you. Has it not gone through? And I just made up some bullshit. And then I just turned around and I was like, don't worry. You should def- definitely give me 20 out of 20. He did. It was the big yearly assignment. I never did it. And then funnily <laughs> enough, not so funny, um, he actually ended up leaving the school because he was having a relationship with one of the students. And when it was announced wow. at um, assembly, all of my friends were like, is it you, Nat? Is it you? And I was like, no but that's kind of fucking creepy. Oh my gosh. I have in high school, we had a chemistry teacher and every time he would always, I was too young. I was like a freshman and he would always make comments about my legs and like, not just my legs, like other girls' legs, like, oh, your legs look really nice or whatever. And we had uniforms. We all all wore skirts and maybe like two years later or like two years into high school, um, he was fired for shooting pornography in his chemistry lab after hours and he was shooting with like current students it was fucking insane yeah that's what i mean like it is it is humorous to laugh at these stories but then the escalation of them sometimes is totally fucked up exactly and and also uh, like is it is it less is it less or more okay fuck rewind cut cut (laughs) is it let me start over. What's what am I trying to say? Okay. Yep. Is it more or less appropriate when a woman in like higher power or 
has more authority than you, um, touches you in a different way or makes like a sexual pass at you, is it less or more acceptable? Because I remember when I was in high school, our principal was a woman and every, we, every time we'd finish a cross country race, she used to like spank the girls as they came in. And like, is that like, what if that was a man? Would that be not appropriate? You know? Yeah, it's blurred lines. Mm. It's totally blurred lines. Because mm. even now, like, when would you, if a woman at work made a uh, sexual observation slash compliment, would you feel as invaded? I describe myself as awkward in the rapid fire. Like, yeah, yeah, I would, I would approach any compliment awkwardly. Like, what um, if, like, what if a girl at work? was like, oh my gosh, your boobs look amazing in that dress, right? Or And then a man came and said, oh my gosh, your boobs look amazing in that dress. Yeah, yeah it's totally different, isn't it? It's different. Like, you, you accept the compliment because uh, you think that they're saying it because they appreciate it rather than they're sexualizing you. But what if, um, I mean, but it is sexualizing. I, yeah. I, get, I say I that to a, women all the time at work. I'm like, wow, your boobs look fucking fantastic in that shirt. <laughs> You're going to get fired. <laughs> it's funny because I think due, due to being with women, I, I try my best to not. Or if I do, I compliment very earnestly. But then I actually have moments where I'm like, oh, I wonder if anyone's ever thought I'm hitting on them. But I'm just genuinely complimenting them. Mm. But if I was a guy hitting on a woman in the same manner, it would be they're flirting with me. Yeah. I have a question. When you are having sex with a guy or a girl, um, do you – so, so I said before I was like um, I often open up the conversation about what do you want because I want to be able to share with you what I want and that opens up the conversation of like I'm quite a sexual person and this means a lot to me and it's a big part of my life. And I feel like every time I have that conversation – the men that I've been with are instantly intimidated and they see me in a different way. I'm not the, I'm no longer, they can no longer see me as like intelligent or, um, or someone that they can take home to their mom. They see me as this like, you know, overly sexualized person because I'm confident with what I want and what I'm looking for. And I find that really difficult. Like I find it really difficult to overcome their stereotypes in their minds, like they're not interested in having women who know what they want. Know what they want. So, does that happen to you? Is that something that you've experienced? Is it something your girlfriends talk about? I'm definitely, I'm super vocal with with what I want all the time. Not only in bed. So, I feel like any guy that I'm with knows that before we get into bed, right? And I yeah I have I don't think I I have experienced that somebody being maybe I just haven't been with anyone that's that maybe conservative mm. or thinks in that way but I can't say that I I would I have experienced that. Well, um, I was going to ask back to you considering you describe yourself as awkward are you then in that scenario absolutely not awkward? Oh no, like there's always an element of awkward, but I think um I I think it's more of an appetite. Like I want to have sex with you. I want to have sex with you a lot. Um, I want to explore new things. Um, I want to know what makes you happy. I want you to know what makes me happy. And as soon as we get into that, it's like, um, and maybe it is because I'm awkward and I approach it in an odd way, but I don't think so. Like it's happened too many times for it to not be something that is 
well, maybe I am. What's me. the kind of man that you're attracted to in regards to like, I, I, if for all the men I've ever been attracted to, they're not timid and they're not, um, weak, not to say that you're the people you're attracted to are weak willed, but like I've only ever been attracted to more strong, confident men. I think that's exactly the issue. I think that I'm attracted to strong, confident men. And as soon as I am as confident as them, they're like, wait, are we competing? Oh, like, really? Who's going to have better to be, sex? To like, be fair, you introduced me to a wonderful concept called stories you dine out on yeah. due to the sheer variety of fucking crazy wild stories. Like I feel like everyone listening has that friend who they will always have some bizarre story that they've had or an experience and it's always you. Every time I see you, you have some weird kind of experience that you've just had or, for example, that one that you shared about when you went out for drinks and then the guy was pretending he wasn't married, then he was married and he was still being so over the top with you. Uh, Look, I again said earlier that I would describe myself as interesting and fluid and that's because I really like people and I love human interaction. I love experiencing new things and that puts me in situations where I end up with like not with people that I don't I wouldn't say are like my friend soulmates or um, but I'm just so interested by what they're doing and what they're experiencing and then things sort of flow out of that and I end up in these like really I have these like great stories that I dine out on but I, I, I don't really know what the rest of the answer of that was. So I want to quickly um, piggyback on when you're sharing with these men about what you want to experience, yeah. what is something that you share that you would like to experience with them that you find that they then kind of step back on? I think what happens is that um, we have sex and they feel really in control and then um, maybe it's because I'm like, okay, well, real or po- uh, you know, as close to real time feedback as possible and then – and it's, I never deliver it in a way that of like, well, that wasn't great. I'm like, I'm like, that was awesome. Um, next time we have sex, which hopefully is like soon, let's try this. And they're instantly like, they might take it as criticism. Yeah. Maybe they are, you know, they weren't. They're little egos. Exactly. But I'm always like, you know, compliment sandwich. I'm like, you're great. <laughs> compliment <laughs> Try this. That was still really hot. <laughs> like, see, I actually, I, I don't think that after I have sex with someone that I'm a chatter. Not in terms of like I just close off. That's not what I mean. But I don't, I don't compliment the experience. I've, I like that's just not me. Whereas I am with, I there, I have been with people where they, they're more of a. a let's talk about it, etc. Whereas I'm like, I'll show you with my actions. So maybe it's just that maybe they get awkward or they, as you've shared, maybe they feel uncomfortable or maybe try the compliment sandwich like the day after, or yeah. like the next time, like, Hey, why don't you just try this as opposed to like immediate real <laughs> feedback. <laughs> I'm like using it as like a, a workplace like scenario. Maybe I'm like you could, KPI, your sex. <laughs> maybe you could um, introduce it the next time you're about to have sex. Yeah. You know, like, like oh, let's try this. I think having heard this conversation and like talked it out, I'm like, wow, I'm really doing the wrong thing here. I just need to get back into bed with them. And like, it needs to be more about your actions. And yeah, yeah like yeah. I can't imagine that if I was having sex with someone and then they orgasmed and then afterwards they were like, hey, that was wonderful. Next time do this. Like, I've got to admit, I actually would be a bit like, Whoa. So would I actually. I yeah. Would. Yeah. Maybe that's, let's give it a shot next time. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to like give myself some excuses here. I'm not doing it like that. I feel like that would be genuinely bizarre. It's more, um, it's more like pillow talk when you're sort of like, um, I don't oh, know. Yeah, okay, no, yeah, I it's more understand. pillow talk, right? Yeah, yeah it's just it's like not having like that conversation, sitting down and being like, "That was you were highly effective rating." Um, if you would like to get your bonus at the end, of <laughs> yeah. no, it's not like that. With my partner, I've been with my partner for two and a half years, and after the probably around the one year mark, um, I you know I was kind of not getting bored with our sex life, but I wanted it to be more interesting and I wanted to get new toys and do all of this stuff and he didn't take it very well in the beginning he was um he was kind of offended he was like well this is good enough for me why isn't it good enough for you and it wasn't about being good enough I just I need more stimulus than you than he does you know I I don't just look at your naked body and get off you know what I mean like it it takes a lot more and it took a while. It probably took three months for him to come around. And then he started, you know, looking at sex toys with me and things like that. But he was quite offended when I first brought it up. Yeah. But I can totally see where you're coming from because for me, sex is like about that intimacy and exploration of somebody new and the, the closeness that brings you together. So after a while, that sort of is like, okay, well, you've experienced everything with that person. You're really now like almost best friends and um, you know what each other really likes. And it's now like, well, do I go out and find that elsewhere and keep exploring and finding excitement with somebody else? Or do I bring new things into this relationship? Is there anything you both hate men asking you to do in bed? Yeah, there is. What is it? <laughs> I hate balls in my mouth. I have to. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Like I'm right there with you. They're just... Oh. So do you find lots of men ask you to do that? No, not lots of men, but it, uh, yeah, they do ask and it's fucking disgusting. Like, so how do you navigate that chat? I say no. Like I've never had to have balls in my mouth, so yeah. I don't know yeah, how yes. I would deal with that. I just, honestly, like if they ask, I don't know, like with my partner, like he asked and I've done it and and I just never do it. I just, you know, if he, if he asks, I'm like, no, <laughs> sorry. I think... <laughs> blowjobs are a really interesting thing because um they're not on like my at the top of my menu and it's not something that I would do unless I was really into it because it's not going to be any good like unless you are having the time of your life giving I really somebody a like job. do it I really like doing it and like different horse, horses for different courses right yeah. but it's Certainly not at the top of my menu, and I hate it when someone sort of like is pressuring me into giving That's them. That's the worst. Like if it's somebody come wants, fluid. yeah, it's it's only sexy when you want to do it and you do it, you know, on your own. When somebody asks, it's like, mm, I did want to, but now I don't. So, do you find that there's that actual movie style thing where the man is slowly pushing your head down? Oh my gosh, yes. that fucking happens. Yes, all the time. I just have never had that with a woman. Like, it's never been like, all right. But I think there's also a bit more of an, um, a desire to do it. But that's actually something funny because so many of my girlfriends will be like, you know, maybe I could ever sleep with a woman. And then they'll always say to me, I could just never go down on a woman. And I turn around to them and I'm like, well, do you love sucking dick? And most of them are like, well, no, not really. And I'm like, so it's the same kind of concept. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not loving it. 
and it's not the same like it's not like you're like oh wow I can't wait to get down there today (laughs) but it's just a part of your sexual interaction with another person and of course depending upon who you're with Mm. there's always an enjoyment level that you know has the capacity and the ability to change balls in your mouth that's lovely is yours the same oh like no I just again if I'm if I'm in the mood, then it's like going to be great for both of us because I'm like really enjoying it. Um, if I'm not, I don't want it, any of it near my mouth. Like get your junk away from my face. It's just not appealing to me. Actually, never mind. I'll say it and then I'll decide whether or not I want it to be cut later. Okay. But one time somebody asked if they could come in my mouth or like on my face and I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, I feel like that's a porn thing, though. Mm. It is a porn thing. Like, if enough guys watch, if enough guys, most guys, let's be honest, watch porn, most of them think that like that's the hot thing to do. Or and I it hate makes... it because they think they watch porn and then they see these guys having sex with porn stars, and the porn stars come in two minutes, and it's like, no, that's not how you pleasure a woman. And they think like just because they're jackhammering you for five seconds that I'm gonna come and that's not how it yeah, works. Yeah, but it's the I same as that. like you watch you watch movies and it's like a quick fuck and then the woman also comes in the movie and I'm thinking to myself, that's a fucking lie. That is a fundamental lie. And there's some show I've been watching recently. I'm like, if I see another scene where there's some quick sex and she's looking like she's having the time <laughs> of her life, I'm like, I'm gonna pull my hair out. This is bullshit. Um, now that we've spoken enough, I feel about the physicalness of sex, love, and relationships. I wanted to know if you, um, or what are your kind of timelines slash parameters, or how you both feel about emotionally letting someone in, not just physically, into your life. Very drawn out. <laughs> um, really, really hard. Um, and I think that friends is an easy thing for me um, because I will naturally always try and just see the good in as many as many people as I possibly can and bring them into my life and enjoy them for what they have to share. Um, relationships are really, really tough for me. And, um, certainly something that I speak to a therapist about, but it's, is there a reason they're tough for you or they're just tough for you? Yeah. They're, they're, I I don't know, driving an emotional connection with somebody that, um, feels that wants to care for me, um, wants to grow with me. Um, and, um, I, I, it scares me and I instantly retract from it. Instantly. What about yourself? I would say I'm pretty open. So I'm not, I'm never, I'm not really scared to have that kind of, you know, relationship with somebody that I'm intimate with. Um, yeah, I don't feel like, oh, I'm not going to share that some certain like a part of myself until later on because I feel like if I let them know that then I'm gonna get hurt I feel like I just kind of it's like word vomit I'm like and this happened when I was 10 and here are all my emotional scars make sure you don't do them too (laughs) exactly and I feel like uh, yeah I I enjoy um letting people in yeah so I'll share that Outside of Lisa, 
um, which is absolutely tantamount to this story, but there was this one relationship where I thought it was incredible. Like I even look back and I have fond memories, but I, when it ended, I was like, I think I gave 90 to 95%. And because of that worry about that 5% that I'd left off the table or whatever it was, I, or I then chose that whichever person I was next with, et cetera, I would give 100%. So then I would know that if it didn't work out, I could walk away knowing that as opposed to any sense of like, oh no, but what if, et cetera, because I think that can just play havoc. And then subsequently, you know, got heartbroken many a times or at least emotionally destroyed mm. in certain ways. Um, but that just became my rule around dealing with that and deciding that like actually if you like me, you'll like all of me. And if you don't, then we're not meant to be together. But it doesn't make me wrong nor you. Exactly. Which I think also comes with as you get more comfortable with yourself or at least it did for me. Like the more I started to actually be like, well, hold on, what's, what's time by myself or what's being single about or – yeah, and I was never that person who was like, I'm going to get over you by getting under someone else or like I just sucked with the one night stands and stuff like that. It just was never my thing. Yeah, mm. I don't – yeah, I've never enjoyed one night stands either. Yeah, and I have some – I have girlfriends who love them and I've always been like, wow, like how do you do it or where do you go? And I just realized like I can call everyone I've ever slept with. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, except one person, actually, the one one-night stand I had. You know <laughs> what? I'm exactly the same. I can call everyone I've had sex with except for one guy and I had to, like, stop having sex with him because I was like, this is not for me and you have to leave. Like, yeah. Because it's just, it's just not working for me. I remember one was on my gap year and I was like, oh, this is what you're meant to do. And I remember being like, what the fuck is this? And I was like – and it just, like, was like, nah, never again. Yeah, anyway, isn't that interesting? Um, but as we dive into relationships and that actual aspect – of I guess your lives um how have you kept have have both of you had like a, I guess you could call it a heartbreak yeah and how would you say that you both keep yourself open now or do you not with therapy no. um I love your idea of giving a hundred percent of yourself to everyone um that you enter a new relationship with I'm still personally processing that because I think that, um, well, clearly I'm, I've got a few scars that I'm trying to heal. Is it just the way that you don't have to share, um, like real minutiae or personal details, but is it just the way that they treated you or is it like, um, things that you then worry someone else will do the same? I just never want to lose myself in a relationship again. Okay. I never want to feel um, codependent. I never want to be somebody who I'm not, who I'm, who I'm not, um, because that's what I think that they want. Um, or I never want to like, um, put my wants and needs secondary to somebody else, um, because I want them to be happy. You know, it should be, you should be making each other better versions of yourselves together. Um, and that's what I'm worried about. I'm looking for somebody that's going to draw out the good, good parts of me and likewise for them. I, I just don't, I just don't want to get lost in the relationship. Um, it was, how do you keep yourself open after heartbreak? I feel like I'm still as open as I was in my relationship when I was heartbroken with everyone after that relationship. But I do, I feel like I'm not as trusting as I used to be. 
I'm still open, but I don't trust freely. How do you remain open? I just, I'm just an open person in general. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always talking about how I'm feeling or, um, you're very expressive. I'm very expressive and uh, that's just how I am. Mm. It's not like, it's not just because I'm in a relationship, I'm going to be expressive or be open. I just, um, being heartbroken didn't take that away from me. It, it was probably, it was just a trust thing. You know, I, I lost trust in people. Um, did they cheat on you or? Uh, I think it was, no, I didn't get cheated on. I was just, it was more like let down and it was more like, um, yeah, it was more like let, being let down. And I have to say the, the time that caused me the most, um, not even, not pain or, but the most mental, uh, anguish, strain or, yeah, it, it was, it was a time when I was sleeping with a guy and he, um, I was sleeping with him on and off for like two years and, um, he wasn't, he wasn't someone that I would yeah, cons- like even considered dating seriously. He was a lot older, like maybe he was six years older than me and he was, um, not really someone that I would introduce to my family. I didn't really know why I was just like, uh, but the sex was amazing. It was like the best sex of my life. Right. And, um, so one night, um, maybe two years in, we were out dancing and, and we went back to his house and I had met, you know, all of his friends and things like that. And, um, went back to his place and, um, I spent the night there and I had spent the night there multiple times. Anyway, in the morning I got up, um, to use the bathroom and went to the bathroom and then came out and I was like, Oh, it's really funny. You and I, we use the same conditioner and he was bald. Like he didn't have any hair. And he was like, you know, he, he laughed and he was like, Oh yeah, that's my sister's. She, you know, her and the girls come down from the central coast all the time to use you know, to stay here and stuff. And I was, didn't even think twice about it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Anyway, we're, and then we have sex in the morning. And, um, then, you know, we're just lying there chatting and all of a sudden we hear the door knock, the, the glass, you know, the glass door knock. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody is knocking at the door. And then he was like, oh, don't worry. Like, just, keep quiet they'll go away and I was like oh okay and then they bang harder and they were like I know you're in there and they say the name I'll just call him Andrew for the sake of this story they're like Andrew I know you're in there open the door and I was like oh my gosh this girl knows your name like who is this person and he was like oh no no it's it's my friend's girlfriend she was he was supposed to come uh home with me last night and he's not here I don't know where he is I need to call him I was like well call him now because she's about to break down your fucking door like it like she is so angry. I'm literally naked. It's summer. There's no sheets on the bed. My clothes is in the living room. Cause we, you know, we were out and we like started making out in the living room, all my clothes is everywhere. And all of a sudden it's silence and we hear nothing. And then the door unlocks cause she finds the spare key in. Oh, apparently he had a spare key somewhere. She found it and she comes in And then he runs out, he's naked. He gets like a towel and runs out. And I'm like in the bed naked, like, oh my God, what the fuck? Oh my gosh. And this girl 
like walks into the room and she's like, are you? And then she says my name. And I was like, uh, yes. How, who are you? Like, how do you know who I am? And she's like, I'm Natalie. I'm oh, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the first. She's this like, this is how we met everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I made like the name is made up. She's like, I'm Natalie. I'm Andrew's Andrew. girlfriend of 18 months. Oh, and God. I was like, this is awful. literally my heart sank. And I'm, you know, I, I didn't even know what to do. He's in the living room with his head on his knees and not even looking up, not saying anything. And she's literally punching him. Like she's hitting him so hard and she's crying. And she's like, we're trying to get, we're trying to have a baby. Like we, you know, we're trying to buy a house. How could you do this to me? You like, you told me that you would never cheat on me. Like my last relationship ended this way and you promised you would never do that. How can you do this to me? And I'm, they're fighting. She's beating the shit out of him. And I'm scrambling, looking for my fucking underwear in the living room. It's the, it's the worst situation of my life. Right. And they, he lived in a duplex thing. So it was Sunday morning and a lady from upstairs comes down. I'm naked. She's punching him and she's like can you guys keep it down please i'm trying to have <laughs> i'm trying to have breakfast with my children upstairs and the girl is so angry she turns to her and she's like shut the fuck up and then i'm oh like you know goodness. holding These are the stories that you think are just bullshit no and then they you think i have stories to dine out on i tell like, you what <laughs> literally i'm holding my boobs and my vagina and i'm like i'm so sorry and I like go and close the door and then I'm still looking and I was so determined to find my top because it was like this brand new silk top. And I was like, I'm definitely not losing it over this fucking idiot, you know? And I was so confused. I was like, what is actually happening? And she's looking around the apartment being like, where's all my stuff? Like, where are all of our pictures? And where's he had hidden everything. He knew I was coming over. He hid everything. This is crazy. Anyway, so I got out of there as fast as I could. I never found my shirt. I had to just leave with one of his shirts. And I was just so, I couldn't believe it. I even turned to him and I was like, are you even, like, who are you? That's what I think is actually the creepy yeah. part. It's when someone can lie, lie so well that you're like, exactly. you are living in a different it's so world. Yeah. And I was lit. I was shaking. I left shaking and I, you know, had all of my things and he's, he didn't say one word the whole time, right. That she was like beating him up. Anyway, she actually broke her hand. She broke like the bone under her pinky because she was like hitting him. He was pretty. I just don't think that, uh, like, would you, would either of you ever be that kind of person that if you found out that someone did this to you, would you ever like get aggressive? No, I don't think so. Like, I, you know, when you see those stories or like, you know, you watch a movie and then like start like literally doing exactly this. When it's this. that bad. Yeah. No. I think emotionally distressed, but I, it, I think, um, I'm not sure that I would start hitting someone in front of someone else. This like, chick was literally out for a run and she just happened to run by her boyfriend's place and was like picking him up to go to breakfast. But and she just, knew who you were. Like, and, oh, she, oh, so that's yeah. that part two of my story was so I left and two days later I had like 17 missed calls on my phone from this random number and then it was it rang again so I answered and it was her and she was like hey I'm really sorry to call you I know that you didn't even know about me and all this stuff but I need to clear some things up with you because Andrew 
has told me all of these things and I don't, I can't believe anything he says. So I just want to know the truth. And I was like, yep, ask me anything you want. And she's like, okay, he told me that you guys have only had sex um, five times. And I was like, yeah, five times this week, but we've been sleeping together for like 18 months, like on and off. And then she was like, yeah, well, and he, you know, did you guys use protection? No, we didn't. Like, that was stupid of me too. Anyway, so, and she was like, oh, well, when he was overseas, because he was in the military, he went to Iraq. He was like, she said, asked me if he ever Skyped me or, you know, sent me any presents. And I was like, yeah, he used to send me flowers all the time. Um, And he used to Skype me at least, you know, once a week or whatever. And and then I, I was like, how did you, how did you know who I was? How did you know my name? And she was like, yeah, well, we were in South Africa. And I was like, I remember when he was in South Africa, cause he was sending me pictures of himself alone. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I was there with him. And I saw a message came through, um, from you and, and I confronted him about it. And he was like, oh no, she's just my friend and all this stuff. And I remember in South Africa, when he was in Africa, he sent me a a message being like, sorry, we can't talk anymore or something. And then when he came back, he was like, oh, I was just drunk or whatever, you know? And so I think that's what, when that happened to me, I was super scared to trust anyone, even though I wasn't in an, like I wasn't in an emotionally invested relationship with this guy. I felt like, wow, I, I had no idea who he was or what is what he was capable of and I saw him so frequently and we talked all the time how could I have misjudged his character so so much Mm. it's when you see those stories about people being catfished and you're like how does that happen and then it kind of happens and like I think like I would very much classify you as very intelligent switched on woman and then it happens and then you're like wow like what delusion had they painted and I actually I was thinking back because I was like how could I have been so stupid I like how can I have not known but yeah yeah in hindsight you know hindsight's 2020 you don't realize but one time he had picked me up and we were going to cook dinner at his house and we had gone grocery shopping, bought all this stuff, got to his apartment. And then he got a message and he was like, Oh, I'm really sorry. I have to go. Like, I have to take you home now. There's been like a bomb threat in the city and I have to go back to work. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I believed it. I wasn't, I didn't question it. And I was like, Oh, and then I looked for it in the news. It wasn't in the news. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But <laughs> I look back and she probably messaged being like, Hey, I'm coming over. Yeah, like, hey, I'm at your house. Yeah. Where are you? What's hey, I'm down the street. I'm on my way. And he's like, oh, fuck. I need to take this chick back home. Wow. Yeah. But the, the craziest thing was that he pursued me for like five months before I agreed to go on a date with him. And this whole time, he had, that entire time, he had a girlfriend. The sad part is, though, like four or five months after that happened, um, I saw them together at the gym. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she took him back. It has happened to me twice now that a man in a relationship has pursued me and like I had no idea and then you find out later and in both of those relationships, they're now with that, they're still with their partner. Wow. Yeah. What would be your, um, if you were in a relationship now as, I mean, you are, but let's just make, make believe here for a second Mm. and you found out your partner was cheating, perhaps not to that degree, but if you found out they'd cheated, is that for you like done? We're over. For me, it would be. Yes. So would you say then that 
what I, what I guess I would love to end on uh, your definition of cheating. Okay, cheating for me is more about a respect or lack of respect than the act. You know, I'm if somebody cheats on me, I feel like they don't respect me, and that's a that's a deal breaker. Like if they've embarrassed you. Or, well, or, or makes yeah, you look like a fool. Embarrassed. I think, yeah, it's it's just that you, you don't respect me. So why, what's left? I completely agree. Uh, cheating is lying. Um, and if I've got mud on my face, I, I don't want to be a part of it anymore because you're two-timing what we've built together. Why would you even put either, you know, either person through that again? You're never going to trust that person again. You're always going to wonder. And being jealous only affects the person that's jealous. You're the one that's going to be unhappy. Yeah, I completely agree. Ladies, but thank you both so much for joining me. This conversation I feel has been brilliant and I hope it entertains and educates so many who are listening. But my final question to end this conversation, you're standing in front of a room of 10,000 women and you're able to offer one piece of advice. What would you say? Be yourself and don't regret being yourself. I would say don't be afraid to be honest in bed. Perfect. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Modern Women. If this content is delivering value to you, it would be so helpful and appreciated if you head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and rate and review us as that helps us build this incredible community. And ultimately, that is what this is all about, building this community as big as we can to help as many women as possible. And all of your ratings and reviews truly help with that. And before I go, a shout out to Chunky Love for the original music and to Mr. Darren Lake over at Podpace for helping me produce this show for all of you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.